0: welcome everyone to the dining on a dime podcast where we give you tips on how to save on your monthly food budget now we give you the absolute best foodie news and our professionals will give you recipes and cooking tips so let's get the show started all right
1: everyone welcome to our alcohol show this entire episode is going to give you complete fascinating information about alcohol Uh, Just to give you an example, a person with a lean body with muscles actually has more alcohol tolerance than a heavy person. Uh, South Korea leads the world in uh, hard liquor uh, drinking. Uh, Those types of things. Uh, My name's Kevin Wilson. We're here with food photojournalist Amaris Pollock, And then our alcohol expert, Matt Maratea, is going to give you a complete one-hour show of not only mind-blowing facts about alcohol, but we also have alcohol information in segments 2, 3, and 4 from our experts. So let's get started. I'm going to start the show with uh, my first interesting fact. You are not allowed to use the word refreshing when you are promoting alcohol. The word refreshing is outlawed. Uh, It is impossible for alcohol to be any more than 190 proof. Uh, It takes roughly 600 grapes to make one bottle of wine. Food photojournalist Amherst Pollock, let's tell the folks about some of the facts that you have.
2: Uh, this one like boggles my mind because this would scare me. Like if I was a kid um, in Mi- Missouri, if you're under 21 and you're putting the trash out and it's you know got a empty bottle of alcohol, apparently you can get arrested for possession. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, what?
1: <laughs> Could you imagine sending your kid out to put out the trash? And he gets I, arrested? <laughs>
2: yeah, I know. And like also, it would have to be a really nosy police officer yeah. that's doing that because why would he know that you're throwing out an alcohol bottle in the trash? <laughs> also, we you know, don't don't ruin our our environment by by putting the bottle of alcohol in trash. Recycle it.
3: <laughs> In the home of Anheuser-Busch, no less. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true.
2: Um, so, and also, alcohol actually lowers the body temperature. Um, you know, so, also, you know, well, I mean, if you go out drinking, too, like, you're you're drinking, you, maybe you sit too long, you're going to have your temperature lowered. But it does say that alcohol lowers your body temperature. Hmm. And um, the U.S. National Anthem is... A tune to dr- is tuned to a drinking song.
1: That is, I want to touch on that. Yeah, like so, what? the national anthem for the United States is actually based upon the uh, music of a drinking song, which I found fascinating. And
2: so, oh, say, can you see? Or
1: no, the national anthem. Oh, okay, yeah. And then uh, <laughs> that is that, that like, is wait the a natural. minute I was
2: yeah. like no no that Oh that's the right that is the match one natural. I was yes. like wait a minute that is I don't like what's the other one that we're the thinking of? The Star
1: Spangled Banner that is uh, the actual music from that comes from an alcohol drinking song a bar drinking
3: song Are you so thinking, I thinking I of God re- Bless America
2: I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> all right, let's keep going. Um, also, you know, fair note. I am a little strapped <laughs> lately with all the stuff that I'm doing, so forgive my um, absent-mindedness. <laughs> uh, it also you also gave me a fact that said most vegetables and all fruits contain alcohol, which is true because if you let fruit ferment, you know, let's go old school. That's how you do it. Also, wine. Hello, grapes. Nice. <laughs> Um, So, Matt, tell us some uh, foodie facts.
3: Okay. Uh, Well, I'll jump in here. Uh, Top of my list, uh, (laughs) sort of jumping off of what you said with alcohol being in fruit, the alcohol that is actually in, you know, the alcoholic drinks that we all enjoy so much is ethanol. And we all know ethanol can be made from corn. (laughs) How about that? So there's just... Tons of booze growing over yonder plains out there in the Midwest. Uh, I mean, it could end up being popped. It could end up being eaten on the cob. Or it can turn into delicious bourbon.
2: (laughs) I go for the bourbon.
3: (laughs) I mean, popcorn's pretty good, too. Right, right. Yeah. But uh, alcohol is a depressant. It actually slows down uh, activity to the brain in... Uh, I guess, high enough quantities. Uh, it's been shown, I believe, scientifically that if you have one drink, alcohol is a stimulant. But anything beyond that drink, then it starts to become a depressant. How about that? So, yeah, it has sort of a dual effect depending on the amounts in which you have.
2: So I wonder back in the day, like way back when, when they used to just drink wine instead of water, if they were all just very lethargic all day long.
3: Yeah. I don't know. They probably didn't know any better.
2: I mean, they definitely probably didn't know any better (laughs) And (laughs) they were drunk.
3: (laughs) (laughs)
1: Keep in mind, segment two and three, our experts here will give you some tips on uh,
3: drinks and stuff like that. Go ahead, Matt. Uh, 86.4% of adults admit to drinking alcohol at least once. Wow. And 13.6% of adults admit to being liars. (laughs) <laughs>
2: that's cute <laughs> I mean l- let's just face it if if you're an adult you've probably indulged in alcohol at least once in your life more than likely more than that
3: so. I mean I just want to know how many Amish folks did they get to reply to that poll
2: <laughs> and did they have to attend uh, via horse and buggy <laughs>
3: Okay, so speaking of another, let's see. Oh. Here's some more percentages. 70% have said they had a drink in the last year and 56% of adults polled said they have had one in the last month.
1: Wow. All right.
2: Technically I had one. What when when did we do that? Like when's no. When did we go to... Oh,
3: live show. Yeah. yeah that was Friday. Yeah, yes. Friday.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I really you, am not out of it. <laughs>
3: you only scheduled it. <laughs> you arranged the whole thing.
1: And, and let me tell everyone...
2: <laughs> seriously out of it. <laughs> let's
1: tell our listeners at home that uh, we have tons of great information about Prohibition. And it was very interesting to find out that during Prohibition... Herbert Hoover, the president, would go to the Belgian embassy to drink martinis because technically it's an embassy and it wasn't considered American soil. So I thought that was fascinating. Uh, mixing your drinks with diet soda. Taylor, listen, mixing your drinks with diet soda is uh, supposed to get you drunk quicker. So diet soda would be the, uh, the carbonated beverage that you would want if you're want looking to get drunk quickly.
2: I would want to like look up the sub facts of that. Like,
1: well, it said carbonated soda, I and be- then there was another article that said uh, diet soda, but it is carbonated soda in general gets you drunk quicker mixed with liquor. I believe it has something
3: to do with the like the aspartame. Yes, in
2: I mean, I assumed soda. that, yeah. but. I, I didn't want to uh, make an uh, incorrect assumption
3: mm-hmm. instead
2: it, of nothing, <laughs> no no research on my part. <laughs> and if,
3: if,
1: if you guys are American history buffs, stay tuned to this episode because we have some mind-blowing facts about how alcohol uh, has tied into American history. It's really fascinating. Uh, Walgreens. Uh, the Walgreens drugstore grew from 20 to 400 stores during prohibition due to alcohol prescriptions because they had to give out prescriptions for alcohol because they outlawed alcohol. Oh, that's that you would so have funny. To, yeah, it's fascinating.
2: So, is that like, Um, am I even allowed to discuss this? But marijuana, like you have to have. I guess it was, yes. Yeah,
1: yeah I guess it was. Uh, Mountain Dew was created specifically because they wanted to mix it with whiskey. <laughs> so that is why the original person that invented Mountain Dew his purpose was to mix it with whiskey.
2: See, that makes me want to try it because I've never done that. I've never mixed Mountain Dew with whiskey. Have you, Matt?
3: The only way that it works is if you get the original Mountain Dew. Oh, okay. You'll see it sometimes in the stores. It has like the old school logo and it's made with like the real cane sugar. <laughs> That's the one that works. That's this, probably why, yeah. The, so I take the blue, it the answer
2: for you is yes, you have tried this.
3: Yeah, the blue, the code red, the live wire, the grape one. The, okay. The original, no. That's good to know. <laughs> it has to be the old school found.
1: And I want to make sure I uh, say this before I say this next fa- uh, thing. This is reported. We don't know if this is an absolute fact, but it has been said that during prohibition, the United States put poison into existing alcohol to uh, try to deter people from drinking, and it is reported that it killed 10,000 people. That is a report. That is not, I'm not, I don't no that's correct so that now
2: so now, if our, any of our listen, listeners are a conspiracy theorist <laughs> we're probably going to get like emails on that one <laughs>
1: I'm going to do one more then we're going to throw it to Amherst Pollock but in uh, after Germany surrendered in World War II it is said that Moscow partied so hard that they ran out of vodka so that was interesting Amherst go ahead
2: no off of that I could see that actually happening I had um a neighbors one time and they were from like that area and um, originally. Right. And when they moved in, they they were like, "Let's play a drinking game." And I was like, "Okay, I'll play the drinking game <laughs> with you." And it was um it was my my boyfriend at the time and I. And so we went over there and thank God it was just two steps like from our door to like their door because basically it was just a stoop. But we we did. We went over there and we took shot for shot for shot and that, that was And you, that was the game. Like, you just kept doing that. And I was trashed. I mean, absolutely trashed. And, like so then they cracked open a second bottle they're like let's keep going and I was like oh my god no <laughs> <laughs> so they they know how to drink
1: yeah lots of information about other countries and alcohol in this episode <laughs> it was Dasvadanya consciousness
2: <laughs> <laughs> so any like off of um, celebrations and whatnot. not uh, the, the did you know that der, our first Thanksgiving in this country beer brandy gin and wine were consumed
1: yes and uh, i wanted to write that down i didn't Mm -hmm. uh beer gin and uh, all that stuff was consumed but a lot of the foods that we eat during thanksgiving was not that is the point of that Uh, i didn't write it down but a lot of mashed potatoes other things that we eat traditionally for thanksgiving was actually not at the first thanksgiving but that was
2: i wonder did you do any research to find out like beyond turkey and i'd assume corn
3: Obviously, corn. Yeah, Yeah. but no, I did not. You uh, telling me they didn't put marshmallows on anything? No,
1: there was no. The traditional Thanksgiving food that we there weren't
2: s'mores. Right. The traditional
1: Thanksgiving food that we eat today was not originally was not eaten at that first Thanksgiving. But that alcohol was. It was there.
2: Yeah. That was
1: the interesting thing.
2: I wonder if they use at least
3: one tradition persists. (laughs) Yes.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> I wonder if they used any because I know I cook a lot with alcohol. I actually this weekend made um, a, a pork pork roast with beer. Oh, nice. Um, mm-hmm. and it and it turned out r- fabulous. Um, but I wonder sometimes like how did they flavor their foods because it, I feel like it they they really did lack what we have now, obviously. But um, I'm just wondering how tasty was that actual first Thanksgiving? Yeah,
1: that is interesting.
2: Maybe that's why they had to drink. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, my next fact is that bourbon is named after Bourbon, Kentucky. Hmm. So, I miss that is how they got their name. Yeah. And that hit. Oh gosh. Do I really have to read No, okay, that? go
1: on to the next one. We don't want to do any more controversy during this.
2: All right. Uh Winston Churchill was well known a well-known drinker. So, Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, I was, mean,
1: uh, but, but he was famous yeah. for being a drinker. Yeah,
2: he was famous for being a drinker. <laughs> not, not for his, his, his No, no, no. What
1: I'm saying, he's well known for. And by the way, we do have listeners in England, and I want to thank them. We had listeners last week. Good.
2: Oh, that's that's good. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Thank you if you're over in England listening, or any other country. Right. All
3: right. Um, I will say, though, Ulysses Grant could have drank Churchill under the table, <laughs> oh, really? and I'm going to stand by that. <laughs> That's a challenge. I love you, UK. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, did you also know that the first Marine Recruiting Station was a bar? I,
1: I found that interesting. Yeah, the first uh, Marine Recruiting Station was actually in a bar. Hmm. Interesting.
2: I mean what better way to get people to sign up, you know, like here, sign up, get a tattoo, have a drink. (laughs) Um, So off of having a drink, Matt, our beer expert.
1: Yeah. We got two, uh, three minutes.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Let's see here. Uh, Alcohol releases dopamine into the brain. Wow. Yeah. So it can make you a little bit happy. Nice.
2: So you can slow down, be happy, (laughs) and drink more. Yeah.
3: And it also, by virtue of that, becomes a stress reliever. Mm. In small quantities.
1: And we also have information on uh, disturbing facts for me, because I've never drank in my life. But (laughs) there is facts that we have that shows uh, drinking in moderation Mm -hmm. is actually healthier than someone that doesn't drink at all. I have facts on that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I know that there's there's factoids on, like, you know, if you're female, you should only drink, like, one drink per week or something, to that matter, or per day. Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I know, like, please, if you're listening out there, drink responsibly.
1: Exactly. We yes. don't want to make this show a whole, you know, condoning heavy drinking. It's just that we're trying to give people interesting things about alcohol. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And, you know, if you are drinking... Let us know, what are you having?
1: Right, email diningonadime at yahoo.com. Let's go to break on that point. So we're going to take our first break.
0: Attention, restaurant and food truck owners. We understand times are tough and dining out is different. What if your customers already had your full menu with prices and pictures on their phones? The awesome folks at Weaverville Web Design is partnering with this podcast to give away an ultra-fast online menu and two years free hosting. Stay tuned to this podcast for more details. WeavervilleWebDesign.com can build you the perfect online menu. Fast, user-friendly, and easy to read with great pictures. Your cuisine will look absolutely amazing. Let WeavervilleWebDesign.com show your cuisine to the world
1: and we are very excited our ongoing contest is with weaverville web design and here's the deal uh, all you got to do is submit your restaurant or your favorite restaurant and you can help a restaurant in their time of need all you do is send the favorite restaurant or your restaurant to dining on a dime yahoo.com and the winner is going to get a contact less uh, internet menu. So that means that in this day and age, that is perfect. They'll get the menu, and then they'll get two years of free web hosting uh, courtesy of Weaverville Web and Dining on a Dime. And uh, it's a perfect way. If you have a favorite restaurant, hey, I love Mary's Diner. They deserve it. Well, send Mary's Diner to diningonadime at yahoo.com, and we will enter them in the contest. Let's move on. Matt maritea is an alcohol expert. Now, we read scripted material in segment one. Matt, tell the folks, recipes or whatever you have planned
3: uh, about alcohol in general. Sure. Uh, Before I jump into those, I want to reiterate how awesome this contest Uh, is. Outstanding. Uh, As somebody who, uh, you know, I I work at a brewery, Zed's Beer, and I've been starting to venture back into restaurants, you know, hesitantly. Right. Uh, But online menus it's uh, they're in 100% of them and you know it, when you scan the QR code it pops up on your phone yep and you know there are different degrees of success i was at a restaurant the other day which just sort of sent you to their online takeout menu right and it had to drop down and it was very confusing so having an online menu that's easy to navigate is going to benefit you today tomorrow a year from now uh, it's really an incredible contest and
1: I also want to just quickly state that it's available to anyone in the world all you have to do he'll give you Tony the owner will give you instruction on how to take the perfect photo and all you need to do is take your own photos if you're anywhere in the world listening so it applies to every place in the world listening not just local go ahead Matt give us some tips on alcohol
3: and also, uh, you mentioned before that certain uh, – that there were prescriptions given for alcohol that back during Pro- Prohibition. Yes. Uh, my One of my go-to bourbons for at home is uh, Buffalo <laughs> Trace. Nice. And they were actually one of those distilleries. They're the oldest distillery, I believe, in the country, uh, licensed. They opened in – uh, 1758. Wow. And they were one of the very few uh, distilleries that was allowed to remain open during Prohibition. And it became uh, medicinal, if you will. Right. Uh, another Prohibition fact. Do you know, of course, what uh, what Yingling did during Prohibition? No. Yeah. Uh, they actually became a creamery. And they started making their own ice cream. And to this day, they still make their own Yingling brand ice cream.
1: How about that? Yeah. And one more quick thing I read, that uh, wine producers were selling grape juice during Prohibition, and they would sell the grape juice with a warning not to turn it into wine. That's mm-hmm. I found that
3: interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh, I bet the Yingling ice cream, I think you can only get it now if you go up to Pottstown, but it would probably go great with their newest collaboration with Hershey's where they made a Yingling Hershey's chocolate porter they did it last year and they released it only on tap throughout the area but now it's going to be distributed uh, to all of their 22 states that they now reach how about that
2: because that sounds awesome
3: it it was (laughs) it was very good when I had it (laughs)
2: I, I now want to go track that down. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and Matt is actually known on our other show, Learn About World Cuisine, for giving great recipes with alcohol. What's your mm-hmm. favorite recipe to cook food uh, using alcohol?
3: That's a tough question because there's so many good ways uh, to utilize you know alcohol in your different cooking and baking needs. Nice. Honestly, for me, I think it might be in... Well, it it might be in baking. I I really like adding just a little bit of bourbon to anything that's got a little uh, cinnamon or caramel in it, really sort of bring out that sort of deeper sweetness to it. Um, I like to add Guinness to my cookies, as I've talked about uh, on that show before. Makes them go from chocolate to like chocolate in all caps. (laughs) Nice. And I add a little white chocolate chips to sort of, you know, divide that up at a different sort of sweet. I have a
1: question for both of you. What do you guys use for French onion soup? What kind of uh, stuff do you put in? Do you put alcohol in that also? Sherry. Sherry? Yeah.
2: Yeah, you automatically would. Okay. All right. Um, Off of the chocolate and and bourbon, I, I definitely agree. And I had a chocolate with bourbon, or sorry, a chocolate with Guinness cake mm-hmm. and it was just outstanding I had that at um, what is that Red's in uh, Cherry Hill I believe it, they the one of the GMs actually created it, and it, they put it on their their menu, their dessert menu. And I was just like, "Oh my god, that's amazing!" Um, with bourbon, I usually add it to, um, and this is you know gonna be like a, I I I'm leaving. I'm t- telling you a secret ingredient here. Um, I usually add bourbon to a uh, brisket.
3: Okay. When I mm-hmm. slow
2: cook, you know, it it add, it like just infuses it with a, such an amazing flavor.
3: Yeah, and I think what is it? Uh, bourbon it's a uh, great to bring out a little bit of sweetness and add maybe a hint of smokiness to something. Uh you know, obviously Cooking with wine will add so many different depths of yeah. flavor to your... We've had a chef yeah.
1: on the show that swears by wine
2: and cooking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can do drunken pasta with the red wine, too. Nice. So you, you cook the pasta with, like, I think it's a cup or two cups of red wine to, like, tint it mm-hmm. and also flavor it.
3: I Actually, uh, I learned a, a clone recipe uh, because there was this... Uh, I forget. It may have been even been like a California Pizza Kitchen thing. It was uh, tequila chicken pasta. Nice. So that's something that I've been trying to really hammer down, and it's tough to get the right amount of tequila to go with that. Sure. But it's. I think tequila is probably the most underutilized uh, alcohol when it comes to cooking.
2: I actually used tequila um, a coconut tequila to be to you know be more specific to make a coconut um, like mm-hmm. shrimp it was so good like you you're looking a little funky but like I mean I put the recipe up on um, Philly bite okay. I believe has it but it was coconut with tequila like the coconut tequila um, and I rendered it down
3: but 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 you can't make tequila from coconuts, <laughs> can you?
2: It's a coconut flavored tequila. So they, um, i I think it was Patron because they have. No, it's oh, really uh, good. Okay. Um, they they infused their tequila with coconut, and I, I used it in the recipe. It was really good.
3: I I like tequila. I love coconut. I just. That, see, that that's a, that's a weird mix to me. And
2: well, I wasn't <laughs> sitting there drinking it. I literally just used it to infuse the the dish with um with a specific, you know, ingredient and that I was also I know.
3: I'm just I'm shocked they got there. I mean the their coffee tequila thing is one thing, but that seems like it's a completely different leaf. Well I'll tell you what, while we're on that road, it's interesting one of the
1: facts I found out that milkshakes, when they were originally created were actually served with alcohol Mm -hmm. i didn't know that we had joked about it on our show about what and it actually turns out that the original milkshake when it was invented was with alcohol Mm. i I was shocked to
3: find that out and that is a really tough hangover if you get (laughs) if you get trashed at a red robin (laughs) (laughs) drinking those alcoholic milkshakes that morning that next morning is going to be tough okay. because of all that sugar. Oh, let's, let's,
2: there's <laughs> only there's only one time that I've ever, ever had an adult milkshake and it was at a restaurant that's now closed that was in Northern Liberties but there is um Craftsman's Grow That's
1: for our local listeners. Yeah, that's for our local Philadelphia
2: listeners. They make adult milkshakes that look outstanding. If you go on their website, it's like, I can't believe that somebody can see. It's probably like 2,000 calories because if you look at it, it's like, you know, not only infused with the alcohol and the milkshake, you also have like, they build it and there's like things sticking out. It's outstanding. And
1: for our national listeners, Matt is telling you that he likes to cook alcohol with cooking. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yes. So when you're
3: making cookies at home, uh, what is the preferred alcohol, Matt? Well, for me, it's I like to use a little Guinness to jack up nice. my chocolate chip cookies. Because I like to go with the double chocolate. I like a, sort of a chocolate bake <laughs> with the chocolate chips. Okay. Um, you can use it in brownies. Uh, that's something that I've done. Uh, it's really good. Uh, you can use it to make your own sort of whipped cream, or you can also do that with uh, a bourbon or a rum, uh, something like that. Anything that you're going to be able to – it it's going to add a step to any cooking process, right. and you're going to have to cook a little longer. You're going to have to whip a little bit harder. Uh, but I think uh, if that's the – If you like those flavors, it's gonna be worth it every single time. And what about barbecue?
1: What do you guys do with alcohol and barbecue?
2: I mean, I was I wasn't gonna bring up that I was actually gonna bring up because um, I cook with alcohol all the time. That's one of my staples. Um, I I make a lot of things breakfast foods because they mm. always call it, call for vanilla extract. I think personally, vanilla vodka is way better as using using to infuse your uh, your like French toasts or That's interesting. Yeah, so I use that frequently as a vanilla vodka. Like if you go into my freezer, there is always a bottle of Absolute Vanilla Vodka in my freezer. Um, and it's it's literally because I cook with it.
1: <laughs> what about barbecue, though, Matt? Uh, do you do anything with barbecue? I know a lot of these guys are putting alcohol yeah, in there. Yeah. Uh, in, in the, and in the, in the, that tip is actually excellent. Uh, but what do you think? What would you recommend to folks at home? You're about to barbecue. Yeah. You're listening to the show Saturday, <laughs> Sunday. We're about to go out back. What can they do?
3: Well, I... It's hard to imagine a better combination than bourbon and brisket. Um, Oh, But I also, what I've been... I was trying to do a little bit over the summer is try to get... I was getting a little more Caribbean with the flavors and trying to incorporate uh, rum into getting a nice rub down for a chicken. Nice. uh, Like a a uh, rum-lime-chili sort of combination because there's some sweetness and some flavor there that complements... How they use or a, a traditional Caribbean spice,
1: and we're actually going to label the show that this mm-hmm. section is about food and alcohol. So we'll continue on it. We got three more minutes, God.
3: Yeah, and.
2: Okay. So off of barbecue, we do a pit, like in our family, we do a huge pig roast. And one of the things that we do is, well, the guys do, I want to say. I've been banned from from participating because I am not a male. And this is like the pig roast. I get to rub the pig down. But they took... Um, they inject the pig every year with a combination of juices and um, again with alcohol and they've played with beer they've played with bourbon Um, I think this year they switched it up again so I don't know what it was that they (laughs) injected this year but out of all of the years that we've ever had this pig roast, this year was the best. Like I never take home the the meat, and this year I was like, I want meat because <laughs> nice. it was so good. So, and I love bourbon, so maybe it was bourbon.
1: All right, so we uh, we're going to conclude this segment, but you learned that uh, alcohol is very good with baking. Uh, alcohol is very good with your barbecue uh, brisket, bourbon and brisket. Uh, gave you a great tip with the, uh, vanilla, what was it?
2: Vanilla vodka.
1: Vanilla vodka instead Mm -hmm. of vanilla extract. That sounds actually very interesting. And let's close it up. We got a minute. Uh, what would be your all time favorite alcohol to mix with food? We got a minute. Buttercream. Ooh. Okay.
2: (laughs) I make a Kahlua buttercream. That's just outstanding.
1: That sounds great.
2: And again, like as with whipped cream, you have to whip it harder. Yeah.
1: Nice. Uh, what about you, Matt? Your favorite uh, food that you ever tasted that had a-
3: alcohol mixed in? Uh, there was a, a, I was at my cousin's wedding. Okay. They had a, it was their dessert. It was a champagne cake, a champagne caramel cake. How about that? Yeah. Living ritzy.
1: All right, let's go to break. And when we come back, we're going to get back into the alcohol facts. We've got tons of facts. Hey everyone, check out our new podcast It's called Learn About World Cuisine Each week we take a different country Greece, Italy, Ireland And we examine the country itself And we examine the cuisine And we give you fascinating facts About both the country and the cuisine Uh, Our beer expert, Matt Maratea Also is on the show And he'll give you the best alcohol pairings With that cuisine My co-host, Peter DeFeo, is a world traveler. So what happens is we give you mind-blowing facts about the country and the cuisine, and then my co-host, Peter DeFeo, gives you his real-life experience in that country. It's a fascinating show. If you like to learn and have fun at the same time, go to your favorite podcast platform and search Learn About World Cuisine, and you're going to love the show. Also, go to Google and put in Learn About World Cuisine Podcast, and if you like to learn and have fun at the same time, you're going to love that show. Okay, we're back. Food, uh, alcohol facts that are going to blow your mind. I'm going to do a rattle right off of you, then we'll go back to food photojournalist Amaris Pollack. Pollock. Uh, beer was not considered an alcoholic drink in Russia until 2013.
2: So what was it considered, uh, like water?
1: It was was similar to soda Uh, because uh, Russia had a a law where it had to be a certain percentage of alcohol to be considered an alcoholic drink. So it was just considered alcohol in 2013. Uh, Nikola Tesla Uh, drank whiskey every day because he truly believed it would help him live to Mm. 150. All right. Uh, Rattle off a few more. Then we'll go back to food photojournalist Amherst Pollock for a few. Uh, There's a law in Texas that actually prohibits people from taking three sips of beer while standing. And there's an actual law on the books. You are. Foot stomping on grapes is still used to make some port wines. So back in the old days when they would stomp on grapes, they still do that for some port wines. Uh, Twenty. Here's here's one you guys are like. Twenty percent of all wine consumed is sake. Are you guys sake drinkers?
2: I Uh, mean, it's not my favorite. Especially because sake, like done, like bad sake, is really bad. Um, but I have had a couple of sake drinks that are are outstanding. That I was like, oh, now I get why people do this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you guys will feel better. All thirteen minerals that are essential to human life are found in alcohol. Isn't that interesting? So there are thirteen minerals essential. To human life, and they're all found in dr- uh, alcohol. Non-drinkers, such as myself, actually have a higher percentage of heart disease, which I found interesting. Uh, it is a total myth that alcohol destroys your brain cells. That is completely false. That is a myth. Uh, it one just more
2: destroys your your liver. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and people who drink in moderation. Have been shown to be healthier than people that don't drink at all, such as myself. So oh, that's interesting. Food photojournalist Amorous Pollock, what do you got?
2: Um, so I'm going to actually play off of what you just said. And I know that if you have a glass of wine, I think it's actually like per night, um, it's with dinner. It's actually very good for your body and your diet, like your digestive system. Um, so, you know, plus it calms you down. It's soothing. You decompress from the day. So for all of you who are having stressful days out there, go out, get yourself a bottle of wine and have a glass.
3: (laughs) And if you want further reinforcement of those facts, look right. at where the most uh, blue, zone, uh, blue zones or centenarians are in the world. It's in Japan, which we just covered sake, and Italy, where... How about that? Yeah, nice. y- you have Nona, who's 102, <laughs> I, never th- I never, smoking and drinking wine all day. Uh, I mean, it depends on, obviously, diet and lifestyle, but... These are things that become part of those, and it actually, I believe, has been proven to contribute to health rather than take away from it. Exactly. That's interesting. Mm -hmm.
2: Um, And speaking of wine, add some bubbles into it, and you get champagne. And according to the facts you looked up, there are 49 million bottle uh, bubbles in a bottle of champagne.
1: Now, where are you going to find that information? That's fantastic.
2: I mean, I don't even know how they would go about know counting that, considering <laughs> it's bottled up.
3: The French would find a way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, that's another interesting thing I want to touch on real quick. Could you guys believe that South Korea is the heaviest drinkers in the world? You would think France. You would think Russia, right? And South Korea buys more hard liquor. It's probably
2: because they're so stressed out. Yeah,
1: true. Yeah. Inter- uh, go ahead. Go and go ahead. do you
2: know that you can't, like, to have champagne, true champagne, it has to come from Champagne, France. You can't, yeah. Yeah,
1: it, yeah. We said that on mm-hmm. the other show. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. Uh, We're just reiterating. It cannot yeah. be. Uh, no, that's a great point, though. I'm glad you said that.
3: <laughs> Sorry. I'm more of a Prosecco guy anyway. <laughs>
2: there you go. Yeah, I know. Prosecco is very, it's a good brunch drink, too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, and anyway, so speaking of drinking, um, <laughs> you know, uh, the world's oldest recipe is for beer. I didn't know that, but beer is an interesting thing that I learned from Matt that eat, like all of the different beers out there are a derivative of two base ones. So Matt, I don't know if you want to go into explaining some of that.
3: It's an alcohol show. Yeah. Well, uh, essentially, what uh, Amherst was talking about, and it's sort of a discussion we had, because there were what, how many different styles of beer, right? You could think of stouts, s- s- lagers, yeah, stouts, uh, IPAs, New England IPAs, Saison. uh, yeah, Saison's. It, you could list those off and get into the 50s, 60s, 70s quite easily. But those are just styles of beer. Technically, there are only two kinds of beer, right, beer bases. There is an ale base and there is a lager base. Now, uh, in reference to world's oldest recipe, that would be an ale base because ales are essentially the world's oldest drink. Uh, It's what is the basis for basically all beers. Hmm. And uh, when it comes to an ale, it's – they. Differ because they ferment at slightly warmer temperatures over shorter periods of time. Lagers uh, ferment at colder temperatures and they take longer. So it's why uh, you know you go to a, a brewery uh, in essence, and you might see six, seven, eight different types of beers, uh, you know, IPAs, saisons, stouts, whatnot, and then you see one lager. That's oh, wow. because that long that, that lager takes longer to ferment. That takes you know an average of four to six weeks where you can get an ale done in, say, three weeks. Ales are a lot easier to turn over uh, from a business sense. Lagers take a little bit longer. But lagers are also uh, easy to mass produce. As you can see, everything that you see advertised on an NFL Sunday, Miller Lite, uh, Budweiser... Coors, Uh, those are all lagers. So lagers may be the most popular uh, type of beer, but it's actually the more difficult of the two to make.
1: And I cannot tell you how many breweries that I have come in contact with that started it in in their garage. Mm -hmm. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Lots of people around the world are
3: doing it in their garage, and then some of them are lucky enough to become a brewery. The first beer I actually ever made was for a school project. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, I was. I in, would
2: assume in college. <laughs> yes, I was.
3: I was taking a documentary film class, and we had to present an idea right for a grade, and then the teacher would choose like three or four of them to divvy up people into groups. Well, I figure, well, if I tell him I'm going to make a beer, he won't. Ha- he won't, you know, choose that idea. <laughs> but I can put up a pretty good presentation. So I did, and then he chose it. So he like called that. my bluff, and then I had to make a beer uh, with a couple of my classmates. It turned out it was a, it was a fun exercise. Nice. Yeah.
2: No, no, see, you know what? His ultimate like goal was, I'm going to get a beer out of this. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Get Amherst.
2: Um, and off of that, did you know that bottled beer started in eighteen fifty and cans started in nineteen thirty-five? So all of those beers that we love and enjoy, those are the the years that um that started happening and mm-hmm. you didn't have to just go to a bar and get a tap. Mm.
3: And even though it may not seem as classy, a canned beer is probably going to be a healthier, a fresher beer than a bottled beer. How about that? Yeah, that's interesting.
2: Now why is that?
3: Light pollution. Mm. Hey. The, mo- wanna- the <laughs> moment that beer is exposed to any type of sunlight or some type of hazardous light from the fridge that it's in, or it slowly starts to be affected. Yeah, you know, it obviously it's not going to go bad in the bottle unless it's there for a serious amount of time. And that, I mean, that would take years. And that's why Matt is our alcohol expert.
2: Exactly. That's why you're our alcohol expert. And I wonder, Matt, is that the reason why beer bottles are always tinted so dark is to try to prevent that?
1: Exactly. How about that? You learn something new every day. That is fascinating.
2: (laughs) Um, Did you know that thermometers were filled with brandy in the 1600s?
1: The original thermometer filled with brandy.
2: So if you really like we're desperate, (laughs) (laughs)
1: because if it was felt that way during prohibition, you just crack open the
2: thermometer, (laughs) right? Could you imagine like walking in and being like, I want all of those thermometers. (laughs) I would be like, "Hmm, why is that, sir? (laughs) Wow. That's interesting. Um, and that also another fun factoid is that outer space has a cloud of alcohol that can make four trillion drinks. I'm sorry. I want to laugh at that. But, it, I mean, maybe that's why they keep going out to outer space. But that, that's
1: a great point. It, there is a layer uh, light years away, obviously, mm-hmm. of uh, something in outer space that it can make four trillion beers. It has enough alcohol in that uh that comet or whatever it is that can make four trillion beers, huh? Yeah,
3: I
2: mean, like that's not
1: interesting. <laughs> it's it's in it's light years away. I found that out this morning. It's light years away, but that's that's true.
2: Maybe that's why Trump wanted to start space force <laughs> 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 to go chase the alcohol.
1: He doesn't drink. Yeah, right. He doesn't well, drink. Non no. political show. Yeah, he's, a, he's a no, told no, no, no. <laughs> actually, yeah. no.
2: This is just you know, because like a fun, haha. Right. But um, but no, I didn't know that, huh? Um, and also, did you know that the human body naturally produces its own alcohol?
1: Twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. That is interesting. Yep, mm-hmm. your body produces its own alcohol.
2: That's interesting. That
1: is interesting.
2: That's probably why sometimes you can like wake up and you, maybe that's why people have different scents. You know, it's our, our body producing that uh, that alcohol. Possible. Who knows? <laughs> um, now, Matt, you know the most out of all of us. What's going on with uh, some of your uh, factoids? Yeah, Matt. What do you know?
3: Okay. Uh, well, uh, I can talk about some things uh, like. Coffee does not sober you up, which is a fun little crossover fact because today is National Coffee Day.
1: How about that? And yes. that's that I want to touch on that because for years, my whole life, people said, Oh, coffee will sober you up. Turns out that's a total false. That's uh, no
2: hair of the dog sobers you up. And I think greasy food. <laughs> Whenever I've gotten drunk the next day, the best thing I've ever. Well, f- felt is greasy food. Yeah,
1: because fried eggs are actually on hangover hoagies around the world uh, <laughs> due to the fact that they are supposedly effective for sobering up. Hmm. And that's what you're talking about, greasy Yeah, food. greasy
2: food. Well, I mean because I did. I would get like eggs and hash browns and bacon and you know, just it soaks it up.
1: But I want our listeners in Texas every week. Texas listens. Florida listens every week. Uh, I want you guys to take a look at that. You have a local restaurant that does a hangover quote unquote sandwich. Uh, I'll bet you it has fried egg on it.
2: Or whoever is listening out there, why don't you let us know what your hangover record yeah, is? Yeah, that'd
1: be great. Dining on Dime, yahoo.com. That's a good
3: point. The, uh, the key to hangover uh, cures, Okay. which they're not really, there really aren't any definite ones. Okay. But. Fried eggs seem to work so well because of the omega threes. Gotcha. Because of what they can put back into your body, the mix of the omega threes and then the protein, it it helps to to some degree. But actually, there really is no way to sober yourself up after you've been drinking. The only thing you can do is wait. Uh, you may you know shock yourself back into feeling something with uh, say coffee or a cold shower, but. In terms of your actual blood alcohol level, there's nothing you can do to affect that.
2: How about that? Yeah. No, you just have to sweat it and um, go to the bathroom.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's, <laughs> uh, let's take our final break,
1: and then we do always do a fourth uh, a fourth segment speed round, and we'll come mm-hmm. back.
0: You can find dining on a dime every Friday at one p.m. on WMLD Radio app. And on air at 103.7 FM in New York, the voice of the Hudson Valley.
1: Okay, we are back. We're excited. We we gave you some mind-blowing stuff that, were, that was scripted in this episode and non-scripted. That bottle thing was, <laughs> that bottle thing, the bottles being dark uh, info was incredible. We're going to do a lightning round. Uh, we're down to our last 15 minutes of the show. Uh, George Washington was America's first major whiskey distiller. That was George Washington. Gin and tonic will glow in the dark if you uh, put a light up to it.
2: You mean like with the the special light? Yeah,
1: the special uh, light. Uh, Strongest beer in the world is 67.5% alcohol. Fructose speeds up alcohol metabolism by 80%. So... Think about that. Fructose, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, in a lot of stuff. Another ingredient, diet soda. Yes. Uh, Dark drinks will get you hung over more. So the darker the liquor, the more hungover you're going to be.
2: Which is terrible because I love (laughs) the darker alcohols.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. And now we had listeners in the U.K. last week, so we want you guys dining on a dime at Yahoo.com. But it says, because we don't live in the U.K., we do not know, we want our uh, loyal listeners in the U.K. to tell us. It says that kids can legally drink in the U.K. as early as 10 years old. That is a report. If it's true, let us... Uh, that
2: cannot be true. That's so young. You, as
3: I've said before, a wonderful country. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we lo- They listen every week. So you guys can let us know. Dining on dime at, at yahoo.com. Alcohol is as old as human civilization, which I found interesting. Uh, happy hour is actually illegal in a few states. Did you guys know that? Alaska is one, and a couple other states. Uh, it's illegal to have happy hour hmm. because you know you still have the terrible consequences of drinking and driving, etc. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, and then you add in or like, drinking
3: and snowmobiling. Right, yeah, right, right.
2: Yeah. I was gonna say, and like also the the season where it's dark most of the time. Exactly,
3: like, that's so,
2: concerning.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's true though. And water is the most popular beverage of all beverages, but beer is third. Who'd have thought? Beer is the third most popular. uh, I mean. And Matt (laughs) will know this, and I wrote this for Matt, actually. The phrase rule of thumb comes from the fact that brewers would, in the old days, use their thumb to determine if the thing they were brewing was at an ideal temperature to add yeast. So, in order for them Please to
2: judge, explain that a little bit further, if you know, it
3: has to be at a certain temperature to yes. add yeast. Yes, See, since yeast is a, a living organism, and this actually sort of jumps into something else I wanted to add. Uh, for say an ale, you need a top fermenting yeast, right? And ales ferment at a bit of a warmer temperature, so you stick your thumb in, and you know it's not totally cooled down yet from the process, and you think, oh okay yeah it, it's time to add that that's now right. they used to be able to do that without uh you know thermometers and things like that so that's uh, pretty bonkers and that's where the rule of thumb yeah. came from
2: yeah interesting
3: yes mm. but ales need uh top fermenting yeast which actually hangs out on the top and loggers tend to use bottom fermenting yeast which goes to the bottom of your tank and then just sort of lives down there right it's two oddly separate organisms it's Interesting.
1: How about that? It is. And vodka gets rid of foot odor. Think about that. Wash your feet in vodka. It'll get rid of your Mm -hmm. foot uh, odor. Vodka is popular in Russia because it doesn't freeze. That is why vodka is drunk. You know, it's a popular drink in Russia. And Amherst is freezer. And exactly. <laughs> uh, do you have more to contribute? Do you have more, or do you need of more? the facts? Yeah.
2: Um. I mean, I have a couple more, okay. but also I wanted to mention the fact with the gin and tonic um, glowing. Halloween's coming up. Yes. So, you know, one if if that's, you know, something that happens, then that would be a very fun party ad. Get yourself a um why am I blanking out on what those are, call, yeah, are the lights a, are called? What is that like called? The I'm blue sorry, light. I
1: didn't write it down. Um, UV light?
2: You is it, is is UV, it UV light? UV ray? UV ray? It's the black light. That's what yes. it calls. A, blue a bla- light. um in do you know make a drink for your party that that's made with the gin and tonic and have a black light and you know surprise idea. your <laughs> guests. That's
1: actually a smart idea.
2: Um and also did you know that Abe Lincoln had an alcohol license and operated in several taverns.
1: That was his main gig. He mm-hmm. had an alcohol light so, license uh, and operated tons of taverns.
2: Honest honest Abe was serving you up liquor. <laughs>
1: And that's what I said at the beginning, that American history is really tied to alcohol big time.
2: I wonder if that's why his hat was so big. (laughs) (laughs) He just kind of had something snuck up there. (laughs) Um, And that the dark color in spirits is from the aging process, which I knew. Um, And Matt would know, too, yes. But uh, I will say that uh, bourbon barrels, aged bourbon barrels, uh, I... I love alcohol that that sits in it and the, the alcohol, like the wines that get cured in it, too, or fermented, I should say. Mm-hmm. I love darker colored alcohols. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. um, but I think I'm a little out of facts. Uh, so, Matt, why don't you go?
3: Matt, you take over. Okay. No, you Remember, remember uh, master distiller George Washington? Yes. Whisper. Ironically, uh, America's first rebellion, you know, post you know, rebelling against England, right. was over a whiskey tax. It was the Whiskey Rebellion. Ah. Uh, it was a proposed tax levied by Washington's first government. And uh, it led to actually armed conflict. And Washington had to deploy the militia to go stop these people. Hey, we're teaching you. American history. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, another one is... We've mentioned Guinness a couple of times on the show and, you know, stouts and dark beers may not be for everyone. They, people consider them to be heavy, uh, which is a misconception because it's actually uh, low in alcohol and low in bitterness typically. But there's an old Irish proverb that if you don't like Guinness and you drink three in 15 minutes, you'll forget you ever, you'll forget you ever disliked it. (laughs) That's cool.
2: Also, you're Irish.
3: (laughs) And uh, another thing uh, is we've talked a little bit about laws and talked about happy hour uh, being regulated. Uh, There was actually, up until recently, rules in Utah that stated the ABV, or alcohol by volume, the percentage of alcohol essentially, uh, could not be above five for beer. Which made it very difficult to operate in that state, and it's why if you look up a lot of beer awards, you will see breweries that come from Utah because they've had to operate under such strict standards that they've become really, really excellent at the craft and maximizing the amount of flavor they get uh, without the booze.
1: Hmm, That's interesting. Uh, let's ramble off a few more, then we're going to mm-hmm. uh, talk about yourselves, and then <laughs> we're going to wrap up the show.
2: It's our favorite thing to do. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, the Pilgrims had more beer on the Mayflower than water because, like you mentioned on our last show, I believe, you said that it was they knew it was safe. because yeah. it was, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that is the reason. So they had more beer on the Mayflower than water. And calorically dense, which is helpful in a long <laughs> journey. Vodka was originally produced for medicinal purposes. It was a medicine uh, In originally. Vodka was originally... Mm-hmm.
2: To sterilize things.
1: Exactly. And uh, it takes the brain six minutes to react to alcohol. So your brain, if you're drinking something, it, it takes six minutes uh, for it to react to alcohol. Uh, Russians consume an average of eighteen liters of alcohol a year. That also doesn't <laughs>
2: surprise me.
1: Right. One here's an interesting thing. One in five of the top one hundred country songs refer to alcohol. They have alcohol mentioned in it. So the top one hundred country songs, one in five mention alcohol. I buy it. And, uh, oh, this, uh uh-oh, this is the best fact. I'm sorry.
2: You look so excited right now. Because this
1: is the one that blew my mind, and I'm sorry if, you know, I read this on 10 different uh, websites. Bill W., the co-founder of Mm -hmm. Alcoholics Anonymous, actually demanded alcohol on his deathbed, and he got belligerent when they would not give it to him <laughs> and he so he was a founder alcoholics anonymous spent his whole you know a lot of his life you know uh, condoning alcohol abstinence but yet on his deathbed he wanted alcohol that is what I found on 10 different websites
2: I mean honestly if you're on your deathbed and you don't have much longer to go (laughs) just let the person be happy
1: (laughs) and uh, vodka is actually you know I don't know what you guys think about this but uh, I didn't know that vodka is actually one of the world's might not be in America but the world's most popular alcohols Mm -hmm. and I was surprised to find that out and my final fact is one of the first currencies in colonial australia hello australia australia listens a lot and i want to say hello to our friends in australia One of the first currencies in colonial Australia was rum. So that means people would go around
3: the town or village and they would pay in rum. Look, it was so remote back in the colonial days and it was a prison colony. So there you go. And that is why they would pay in rum. Australia, you've grown up so much. We're so proud of you.
1: (laughs) And uh, for podcasts in general, even to learn about World Cuisine podcast. Australians listen a lot so Mm -hmm. anything with the Dining on a Dime family we do get a lot of listeners in Australia. Final fact from you Amherst, and uh, what do you want to wrap up our alcohol show and then you'll give your tags and everything.
2: All right, so I was gonna say something like to be funny, but now I'll, now I'll just actually be serious. Right. So you want our
1: listeners? To, I, know, to know, I what, know. No, no. But I'm saying, what do you want our listeners to know from your perspective about alcohol?
2: Um, Sum up the show. What do I want? I, what would
1: you I, what, what would you like to get across about alcohol?
2: Well, first off, drink responsibly. Yes. I um I definitely in, indulge in alcohol, but I do it within you know relative means. I'll have one or two beers, you know, not. The that i'm nursing them i that's i just sip it slow but i would say play with alcohol when you're cooking it really adds such a like extra level of flavor in your foods in um in what you're baking and what you're roasting it it adds so much to you know to that menu item on your dinner table nice
1: and give your tags. <laughs> Where can so we find you? So you can
2: find me all over the place. You can find me either under my hat, my um, handle, which is arp pollock, as in the fish, us, okay. um, or my full name is Amorous Pollock.
1: Okay, that's great. And Matt, give your final thoughts on alcohol. Then give your tags.
3: Uh, my final thoughts on alcohol. Uh I mean, that's tough. I have a lot of thoughts. They seem to be never-ending on the subject. But I would just say uh, to those out there, don't be afraid uh, of beer. Uh, yeah, it. some of it is that bush light that you had at a party that one time, that it was kind of skunked and it sort of ruined your night and you, you puked in that bush.
2: Or you had too much natty ice yeah. at a college party.
3: But it, it, it's grown so much since then, and it's so different. There's so much variety. Don't be afraid to use it uh, as a dinner pairing. Don't be afraid to go try something different at a brewery. Let the you know, people behind the bar pick for you. It's, uh, it's really an industry that's grown so much, and especially here we are in Pennsylvania, which is one of the largest, I believe it's second largest, producer of craft beer in the entire country. Wow. Yeah.
1: And give your tags. Where can we find the alcohol expert who did a great job during this show? Where can we find you?
3: Okay. Uh, you can find me uh, at M Meritea That's M M A R A T E A 22. Uh, across platforms on Twitter and Instagram. And your great podcast yes. that talks about alcohol. Uh, my great podcast, uh, or at least I'm glad somebody thinks so, <laughs> uh, is the Sporting Chance podcast. It's on Anchor, it's on iTunes, you can get it on SoundCloud. Uh, Coming soon to Spotify. Uh, It is uh, at the Sport Chance Pod. You can find that on Twitter and Instagram as well. Uh, You can find a lot of my writing here at Last Out Media, which is the lovely studio we are recording from. Uh, and be on the lookout. I think we're going to do a ranking of beers you can get at Citizens Bank Park. Nice. That's excellent. And
1: I want to thank everyone. We, we put out two shows last week. We have a bonus show, and both shows did phenomenal so far. Uh, one more thing I'm very excited to announce that my website, Philly Restaurant Reviews with an com now contains all of our past episodes. So, if you guys want a simple website to go to and listen to our past episodes, Philly Restaurant Reviews with an S.com, there is a food radio show section. You just click the food radio show and you can listen to every single episode we've ever done from zero to eighty nine. Uh, next week, we have a very, very good episode. We'll be back October sixth. Uh, be sure to not miss it. Uh, we are going to be covering comfort food. So if you like comfort food, we're going to give you a ton of info on comfort foods that make you feel good.
2: That brisket's going to be mentioned again. <laughs>
3: exactly. The potato will be heavily featured. And we're, <laughs> uh,
1: During the month of October, we're going to be here four times. We're also going to cover diner foods. If you like diner foods, we'll give our favorites. And then we're going to do quick, easy meals. And hopefully our contributor, Jim Hasson, who is a chef will join us in studio to give you some recipes for quick,
0: easy meals. All right. Thank you again. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. You can find the Dining on a Dime podcast on social media. On Facebook, Dining on a Dime, the number one. On Twitter, at Dining on a Dime, the number one. And on Instagram, KJW1972. Please subscribe to our show. We are available on all podcast platforms, including iHeartRadio and Spotify.